well, Rick said that you look uh, slutty. And, <laughs> and, uh, that is not what he said. Before we started rolling, Rick said, said I look, look 80s. 80s punk rock. I 80s think it's punk my, rock. Well, my red lips and my big old hair because it's all sweaty. That's how I like her hair, though. I, I like your hair big. My big Texas hair? I love it. I love when it's all wavy. And you know, when you straighten it out, I don't like you. No like you. But I like it when it's... You look most beautiful to me Aww. with the big hair. Welcome to the show. Um, the show? The show. We want, to, we want to give it up to Aztec Chevrolet right out of the gate. They're amazing. We love them so much. Give them a chance, please. Aztec Chevrolet right here, right here, um, down here. So, it's over here somewhere. Rick puts it. So you know what? Let's put it right in front of my face, right here. Uh, Aztec <laughs> Chevrolet, Old Salt Coffee, Pick Cherries. Uh, give them a look. Download pick cherries and then of course Oh, we gotta upload our monthly subscription. Yes. Lori, we have to up we have to up our monthly old subscription. Salt. We're going through our old salt coffee too fast. It's too delicious. Trevino ten. Get your coffee delivered to the house. Stop going to the store. Yeah, they they <laughs> deliver it to your house. One less thing to think about. Um and then, you know, yesterday was a rough day for the Trevinos. We Renee and I had a um quite the argument, but I think we're back. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> podcast goes it's going good until you <laughs> until you i'm over here trying to make up and you're like i don't know i'm still pissed off no i'm not pissed off i just you never know you never know we we uh you never know we have our ups and downs um i, I mean we, we i will say we've gotten better our fighting has gotten better we're not as we're not we're, volatile fighters no no we we're, we're, we used to be uh, mm-hmm. when we were younger but I, I think we're doing a lot better um with our fighting but you know just just <laughs> doing better with our fighting. no but you know man <laughs> we train <laughs> we've trained and, and i don't know if it's just us our our friends or what but it's just so much going on and I, I don't i don't remember life as a kid being this busy like garrett is because you were the kid you weren't the parent driving you around places no but even even garrett man like dude today today alone Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with him to coach jujitsu at 4.30. Right. Then we're going to get dressed in the car. I'm packing him a lunchbox and yep. his clothes. And then we're going to baseball to yeah. have a scrimmage. Tomorrow, school. Tomorrow, football practice. To Thursday, school. Thursday, I coach jujitsu with him again. And then we have a, a scrimmage. You know, I mean, it, it's just like. I think it's just then, the phase of life that we're in. With, with know, Littles and their activities. I think it's this phase of life. I think this is why parents have like empty nest syndrome because eventually, right? Like you get used to this schedule and the, all the, time. the chaos just becomes normal. I don't and then all know. of a sudden it's... the children leave the house and you're like, what, what the hell? Well, now I know when people are like, oh, so-and-so can drive. <laughs> like, dude, drive yourself to school. Don't talk to me, right? Like yeah. you can hand, you can help, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, we, we are just... Man, overwhelmingly busy. And it's back to school. I think that's the other thing is like, God, it's such an adjustment. Poor Delilah, both Mondays, she's fallen asleep in the car on the way home from school. Well, and then, you know, yesterday was her first day to do um, dance, you know, and she had been asking, and and the the girl, if music's on, she is dancing. So we were like, we're like, oh, well, maybe that's the activity for her, right? So we sign her, well, first we take her into like, audition which is bullshit no, to audit a class it's to audit a class but then they tell you well we'll let you know if we accept it i'm like 
Of course they're going to accept there. All these money-hungry motherfuckers. It's all about money. Um, it's a business, It's Steve. a business. It's a business. So, so when you were like, I don't know if they'll take her. I'm like... Oh, because it went so horribly bad because she fell asleep on the way there. I'm like, it's, 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 it, well, it's paying a babysitter a premium. <laughs> that's, all, that's what it is. Um, so we took her yesterday and poor little girl fell asleep in the car and, and we gathered the troops, man. I mean, Garrett doesn't have anything Monday evenings. So we told Garrett, like, let's go support sister. Let's go be we'll there go for her. We'll go watch dance. We'll go out for yeah. an early dinner afterwards. Right. And Delilah was just not having it. Could not, not get going it together. And, and Didn't even want to put on a leotard. Like, in a dude, tutu. Was not having it. Came out crying, daddy, in her underwear. Mm-hmm. I'm know. on goldfish. I'm on goldfish. <laughs> and, and, I mean, I tried to, like, encourage her. And, and that's the weird part about Delilah. Delilah is, is the kid that walks into a playground and does not look back. Yeah. Denila's not the kid that's like, are you coming with me? Are you going to hang out? You know, yeah. Garrett was. Garrett was very like, I want to go on that slide, but are you coming? Mm-hmm. You know, she's like, I'm going on that side. I could give a fuck if you come or not. <laughs> that's what I'm doing, right? So she's that kid. So it was really kind of out of character. I don't know if she was tired or what, but it was really out of character for her to be kind of attached to my hip. Yeah. Like, she would not let my leg go. Yeah. Which was very odd. So then, man, several times we're like, all right, well, this isn't going to work. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Several times. And, and Delilah's very vocal. She, she talks a lot. She's very her. opinionated. Well, I wonder, where does she get that from? about her opinions. Where does she get that from? <laughs> I know somebody just like that. Um, but Delilah does not mince words. Yeah. And she, we're like, do you want to do dance? Nope. Yeah. Nymnastics. Yeah. Nymnastics. And I'm like, Delilah. She said it several times. And then even this morning when I woke her up and we were dancing together, me and her, we had a little dance session. Well, because she, you put on Encanto through the speakers in the house and she's dancing. Like she's got her dress like it's a little folklorico dress. And then I'm dancing it, with her, you know, up. and I asked her again. I'm like, you're so good at dance. Do you want to do dance? She's like, no, gymnastics. So then I go, well, what else do you want to do? And she was baseball, like Garrett. So, but I mean, this is the time that we start to figure out. Yeah. Well, she's so little too. A lot of dance studios don't even take kids her age. So we ended up here because this was one that actually um, takes them that little. So I thought, well, maybe one of two things. I'm like, well, maybe we just wait till she's three, right? And revisit it then. Or do I try and take her to another dance studio and see if maybe it's an energy and a change of place or something? I don't know. I don't know. But we're going to let that one lie for a little bit. But she just said no. (laughs) Dude, Garrett was like... when you're when you're Garrett's at Garrett's about to be eight, Garrett vocalizes what we feel. Right? Garrett Garrett's in the back like, we came all this way. What a waste of time. And I'm like, Garrett, he's stop, basically stop. like, Well, this went to shit without saying it yeah. went to shit. You know, and that's what me and Renee are in the front seat, like, well, that went to shit. And what a waste of our time. And Garrett's yeah. back there, what a waste of our time. And I can't believe we went out there and golly, what this you know, is so annoying. This is annoying. And I'm like, dude, I'm thinking all that shit right now, but I'm an adult. I can't say those things. And then of course I have to tell Garrett, like, Garrett, it is what it is. Yeah. Learn, learn to deal with it. Blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, She's dude, too, yeah. I fucking feel you, bro. What yeah. a waste of fucking time. Right. Uh, so that was, that was, um, tough. So we will see, we will see how, um, gymnastics goes. Yeah. You know, she can't say gymnastics but she says gymnastics <laughs> so we will see how gymnastics goes okay uh we're excited about it but it's just god there's oh so- i forgot you said gymnastics that made me think this morning 
um, the cactus plant had been moved, and she was, she calls it, a, how does she say it? She said cactus, and she, she jumbled all the syllables up, and it was so cute. Well, and, and I do think back at, like, you know, my activities. I, I did have baseball practice. I did have, um, we had religion class almost year-round Yeah. Um, when I was a little older. <clears throat> um, and then I also, I also did um, um, football. Uh, Boy Scouts. I was in the Boy Scouts for a little while. Yeah. Um, and then Dad had a, had me in youth group. And then you do realize that you know because I grew up in a very small town mm-hmm. that Dad would just be like, you know, you have to be at religion, be there. So I would take my go kart. I was like, what? Yeah. I, I'm eight nine years old. I would either walk to religion or take my go kart. Yeah, that doesn't you happen know? for most people. I don't. I don't think that's. Th- but that's what was great about, uh, is what I'm saying, that was what was great about back then in that small town. Being in a little town like that. Right? And yeah. then baseball practice was walking distance. So I would walk to baseball practice, you know, as I got older. So there was, uh, you know, everything I did pretty much, Boy Scouts was at the church, youth group was at the church, religion class was at the church. Yeah. You know, so I knew how to get there. And a lot of us kids would meet up. Like, I'd start walking and then... Soon I'd see somebody else, and we'd walk together, and yeah. you know, well, um, not, I'm, our our ours is not like that. It is right. not like that. I mean, but I think that that is also part of the difference. Yeah. Right. Is that that my dad was able to to not have to be there and take me to the you know religion class. He was there to pick me up. Yeah. He was there, you know. So I don't know. I, I think times have changed. I mean, you you know, even if you did, even if you did have religion class or baseball practice six blocks away yeah. I, I think we now live in a world where you don't really trust this world to let your kid walk, walk. yeah you know to <clears throat> that right yeah i also think we live well in a, me i want to talk to that teacher before the class and i want to talk to the teacher after the class and you know well that's what i was about in. to say too is that, that we also live in a world of helicopter parents <laughs> you know is that what i am yeah, well yeah i mean you know it, it, it has gotten to the point where you know, back in the day, if I had Boy Scouts or whatever, my dad would drop me off sometimes and then he'd go do whatever he needed to do because yeah. he knew I was in good hands at Boy Scouts for an hour. Then he'd come back and pick me up. Yeah. Well, now the parents are like, I have to be there and I have to watch, you know. I don't know. I just got to know what's going on and I got to know that teacher and I got to make sure I'm comfortable with that. And like. But again, I think it, it comes with the times, too, of, of it's not like it used to be. Yeah. You know, it's and, and and what's even crazier is nowadays, if something happens, they can call you on a cell phone instantly. Yeah. Back then, if something happened and you're out running an errand while your kid's at religion class or whatever, they can't call you. Get a hold of you. What yeah. is, you don't remember they used to page you at the stores? No. Oh, yeah. You like if you knew your mom was at H-E-B and you needed her, uh-huh. you would call H-E-B. And then HEB would be like in the loudspeaker, uh, 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 Joe, is there Joe here? You got a phone call, you know? Did you ever do that? Well, we would, yeah, right? You remember that, Lori? I didn't ever do it, but I remember hearing it. Yeah. But even if you lost, like, your mom at Well, that, because I, I was usually with my folks, my yeah. mom. Yeah. You were always at Macy's. <laughs> when you were at Macy's with your mom. Macy's. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, look, I just, life seems to be going a million miles an hour right yeah. now. And, and, you know, you talk to some of our friends and, and they're feeling kind of the same thing of like, oh my gosh. And I think it's a back to school madness and adjusting to the schedule. And like, it just feels like because 
of the schedule, you have to plan more. Like I'm even, what days can I physically, like thinking ahead, what days can I physically cook with these kids' schedules? And what days does it have to be a crock pot meal or a, what's that air fryer thing meal, you know? Well, I don't know. And, and maybe I'm wrong here, but, you know, I don't remember feeling like this before COVID. Well, because we weren't, what, we didn't have... For whatever reason... We didn't, Garrett didn't have so many activities. No. Delilah wasn't even, even I, here yet. I just feel like there is a residual of after COVID, I worked harder after COVID because I was like, oh crap, I got to catch up. I got to get back to work. Yeah. I'm not taking time off. And I think there's a residual of, there's going to be a few years to where we get back into or is it this fear of now as a as a culture we realize like something like a pandemic can happen and we might not work for three months i don't know rick how do you feel i mean i think me and you have talked about it before like after covid i think me and you both worked harder than we've ever worked it feels that way for sure i i think that it's a lot of it is you kind of prioritize and, and Renee, to your point, kind of you, you almost are reminded that time is short. Like, so you try and get it all in now. Well, I mean, after COVID, it was like everybody had a Halloween party. Everybody had a birthday party. Everybody had a Christmas party. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, yeah, everybody yeah. was like, well, I'm throwing a party. Like, we we're going to a party. We're, we can do that now. We're going to do we're it. We're doing it, yeah. right? So, yeah. I, I mean, I think there's going to take some time for us to kind of settle back into um, – the, the, the motion of the ocean, if you will, right? And kind of get back into a... Yeah. I mean, even for us, next year, this is the first time after COVID that we're actually looking at our calendar and actually saying, we want a vacation here. We want this week off. I mean, this is the first year after COVID that we're literally planning our year out. And yeah. before it was like, don't tell me we're taking first off. First year, really, <laughs> in the course of your career. Like, if we're being honest. First, first two years after yeah. COVID. So we're only coming out right now. You know, so it, it is definitely, uh, you know, I think next year hopefully will be kind of the year where we go, okay, right? If I, I don't know. know, I think I think it's kids. I think it's the kids and their schedule, and I just think that it is the phase of life that we're in. And like I have sort of learned to, um, I even think of I like mentally I prepare myself for the year that way. Like summer at our home. This year was a quieter summer because dad was sick but like summer at our home is usually chaos because we've got everyone coming to visit and stay with us you know and both the kids are in the house and we work from home so trying to balance that like I think there are seasons both like seasons throughout the year and seasons throughout your life and I think we're just that's where we're at and we're gonna embrace it and work with it I'm glad you brought up your dad because we have not given people an update and and right now is a absolute perfect time to give an update we might be on the verge of a miracle and, and we're really, really praying very hard that we're on the verge of a miracle. Um, gosh, it's been a year since since all of this started. Yeah. Um, and Daddy Raymond has just been, wow. A I trooper, mean, right? He's not, never complained. A, more than a trooper. I mean, he's such a um, classy, tough man. I mean, yeah. I have been so impressed with his outlook, the way he's handled things. Um, and I've learned a lot from from just watching him and his, I'm going to keep going to work and I'm going to go to my therapies when I need it yeah. and I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Um, so he just finished his CAR T cell treatment. And as a matter of fact, uh, we will find out. Well, so before his CAR T uh, treatment, they did do a PET scan and they found 
very, very small traces of the cancer, very, very small. Um, and they said that, you know, this CAR T cell treatment might give us a miracle. It's, it's new, it's modern medicine, and everybody's body is different, so you just don't know how it's going to respond, obviously. Um, but he was here this weekend, and man, he was, he Steve, turn on the PA. You got to hear me sing, Steve. Hey, Steve, I can oh, sing, Oh, he's man. very annoyed that you don't have the speakers set up correctly. Oh, yeah. He's he like, needs to go back there with you and show you how to set up the speakers correctly. Yep, and uh, he was in great spirits. Um, Mama Mia seems to be uh, coming around with, with her uh, persona and the way she feels about things. And so we are, we, just to give you an update on Daddy Raymond, man, things are, are really, really looking up. I don't want to speak too soon um, because you never know, but... Things are really looking up for us, and, and yeah. nothing would make me happier than um, to find out that we have a miracle on our hands, you know. And I do believe in God, and I do believe in prayer, and I think that, that Daddy Raymond, more than most, got more prayers than most. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, he got a lot of prayers. Thank and, you. And, and that definitely um, could have made the difference. Um, but the reason Mama Mia and Babe, uh, Daddy Raymond, came is because Renee and I uh, flew out together Oh, well, and, not together. You flew out and then I kind of followed caught up with you. me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but very quickly, I just want to quantify something that I said um, um, before um, in the uh, last episode. I made a statement that that could be construed to be wrong. Uh Oh, did we um, get some comments? I didn't read last. No, I just want to. I, I, I stayed up at night because I didn't say what I wanted to say. Um, and after the conversation, me and Rick talked and Rick, Rick brought it to my attention uh-huh. i did not i said there is no racism that is not true yeah. Ra- racism will always be in the world racism will never ever go away yeah however i think that more than racism classism is a big part of the equation so yeah. i just want to make sure that when i when i speak that i'm not saying that no there is no racism it's just classism no 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 the racism will always be there right yeah however on that topic if you know that racism will always be there, then you can spend your entire life focused on racism. You can spend your entire life saying it's racist or or you can have the attitude that I have and I go, fuck you. I'm going to succeed no matter what. Yeah. Whether racism exists or not, I'm going to outwork. I'm going to outclass and I'm going to out be better. And if somebody wants to be prejudiced to me or to anybody else, I'm just going to keep moving forward because I can't change somebody's mind. Yeah. You know, going back to, you know, there's nothing funnier and more entertaining to me when I see people from two sides of the aisle who don't even know each other get into an argument on Facebook. That is fucking hilarious to me. Like, do you think you are going to be the one that convinces this person otherwise? To come to it the is a side. waste of your fucking time. And racism and acknowledging <clears throat> racism is a waste of your fucking time. Go to work. Out, out fucking work, out, out class and be better and succeed because most of the world, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is not racist. And at the end of the day, it is about the only color that matters to most people is green. So yeah. if, if you go to a job and you make more money than the next person, they will bury their racism <laughs> to make some money. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I just wanted to qualify that. But yeah. um, we did go to. Uh, uh, Charlotte. Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, it was really eerie for me because I have been to that airport literally a million times. Uh-huh. I connect in that airport all the time. Yeah. 
and I've never seen the baggage claim because I've never done Charlotte. Yeah. So like, well, to- we still don't see the baggage claim this time because we check luggage. I mean, we didn't we didn't check our luggage. At least I didn't. I did. Oh, sorry. Some people have to go to baggage claim. <laughs> um, but it was just weird to like exit the airport. Yeah. You know, normally I'm like going to my I'm connecting. So, um, but man, wonderful people. We sold out first show Friday uh, and both shows on Saturday. And the crazy part, and I don't even think we told Lori about this. Oh, no. So we have a very good friend of ours um, who is a superstar guitarist. Superstar. Um, he was the guitarist for Miranda Lambert for years. He has been on CMT. He has been on the Tonight Shows, shows, mm-hmm. late night shows. He has been on um, Grammys. I mean, you, you yeah. name it. You know, with Miranda touring, Miranda um, fired him through an email during COVID. I'm just saying the facts, saying the facts. 15 years of service with her. On his birthday. On his birthday. (laughs) On his birthday, she fired this man, not in person, not on a phone call, through her manager, via email, on his birthday. He was very, very sad. He ended up getting... um, Picked up by, and I knew he would get picked up immediately. Oh, I mean, sure. he's sure. he's one of the best guitarists out there. Yeah. He ends up getting picked up by Parker McCullum, and he lives in our neighborhood, coincidentally. And I, I've known him for, gosh, 20 years probably. Yeah. Lives in our neighborhood. We see each other in passing because I'm in the yard. We didn't even know we lived in the same neighborhood. We just... Well, when we were looking at houses to buy in this neighborhood... Uh-huh. You wanted the house that he bought. Yes, I did. Yep. So they moved into the house. He goes, he goes, yeah, we just moved into this house. I go, I know exactly which one it is. I go, do not fucking tell Renee which house you just bought, right? Um, but anyway, we, we don't see him much in the neighborhood because he's touring. I'm touring. We're busy all the time. I mean, he will go by in his Corvette while I'm on my hands and knees pulling weeds and, and yell oh, at me. Oh, hush. You know, call me Mexican. He's like, you Mexican, you know. Because um, we have that kind of relationship and it's fun. Because um, he's a racist. Yeah, cause he's a, of course, because he's a racist. You know, God forbid we joke about each other's ethnicities. Anyway, um, we get to Charlotte uh-huh. and Renee gets there, you know, right on time to get to the show. We get there, we're, we're ordering food, we're in the green room, and but there was all kinds of shit going on next to us. And, and I mean, flag, The parking was you know, a mess, people walking in, like... Just, it was bustling. It was and, very and busy. The, I asked the waitress, I go, what's going on next door? She goes, oh, it's a venue. They're having a concert tonight. And I was like, oh, let me see if I know them. Because I know a lot of musicians. I know a lot of people. I go, oh, let me check. It's yeah. fucking Parker McCullum. Alex so, is right next door. So I text Weed and I'm like, hey, man, where are you at right now? And he's like, oh, I'm in Charlotte. I go, well, I'm next door. And then his next thing was, in Charlotte? <laughs> I go, yeah. He's like, dude, I'm on my way. So he showed up with the other guitarist, Will, uh-huh. and hung out at the show. And we got to hang out and have drinks. And then after my show, because they let me drink in the in the green room after my show, um, we didn't came back yeah. to hang out and, and have drinks with us. But it was just really cool. And what a coincidence How, yeah. that our neighbor who tours with Parker McCullum is at the same Literally sharing, a, not in the same town. No, we could like, hear the music in the, through the walls. Yeah, like yeah. he could walk to us. Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, Brian came. Writer Brian. Writer Brian. Um, the way I approach things is that I always hire people around me that I trust, that I respect their opinion. So if I hire somebody, anybody, 
and I trust their opinion. I, my, my thing is I always stay in my lane and I let them do their job. Yeah. Um, so Brian had come up to me and said, I think we need to change the order completely of your act. Yeah. And I was like, okay, it's going to be fucking hard, but okay. You know, and your, your willingness to go through it is incredibly, um, courageous. No, it, but I want to, I, you know, I want to get better. My goal in life period is to get better. Yeah. Every day. How can I get better? And if you stay in the same routine and you don't trust people around you, yeah, you will never get better. But what you, what you basically did was you changed the set on the spot in front of a sold out live audience to see how it would work. And you don't write anything down. So I was like, I wanted note cards to reorder the bits. And like, I wanted like a piece of paper on the stool there by you so you could reference. Like I just, the fact that you're just like, okay, yeah, I'm going to try it and roll with it. And I don't know. I don't so know. the first show we did it, Ooh. it really felt good. Um, so, you know, what we're doing is we're ending, those of you that have seen me live lately, we're ending now to Brian's suggestion. And by the way, you know, Brian's attitude is like, I don't know if it's going to work. Yeah. But my point to the conversation we're having right now is you will never know if it works if you don't try it. Yeah. So I'm always willing to try it because in the past, there are times that Brian says, Hey, here's a good joke. And I'm like, he's an idiot. Like <laughs> that joke, that joke sucks. And then yeah. I do it and it works because yeah. I'm willing to trust him and to try and to learn from other people. So, you know, the first show it went off, great great audience great show you know the whole thing and then the second show i did it and it just didn't work so i'm actually going to try it a couple more times um just to make sure i mean in my opinion at this point uh -huh. i don't think it works i'm so i am so confused and when i like really think about it my stomach is in knots for you because we're talking about changing it and i i just want this the like the detail oriented person in me just wants the set to be set so that we can go in and fine tune. And so the fact that we're like still exploring the order of things makes me quite anxious. I, I mean, the, you know, the when I am on my toes and I'm not an autopilot, I tend to write. I, I, I come up with lines. I come so again, even though this might not work. Man, I wrote some great stuff. You find little nuggets. I find little nuggets in there that I wrote because I'm on my toes and I'm trying to make it work and I'm trying uh -huh. to, I'm, I'm segueing in a different way. I'm trying to, you know, so at the end of the day, and this is a lesson for everybody, yeah. is that if you listen to somebody else and you try it, even if it doesn't work, there's still going to be some positive things that come out of it. Yeah. Right. So I'm very happy about the positive things that have come out of it. I'm going to continue to try. It wasn't easy. It was very hard. Um, and, and that, you know, that makes me think of, of our partner, um, and producer Rick, Rick, how many times when you're directing or doing a show, the way you have it in your head, then you lay it out in the edit room and you go, Oh shit, maybe it'll work better like this. Or do you not even do that? A hundred percent. So they, they always say that you write three times, you write the script, you write it while you're shooting and then you rewrite the whole thing while you're editing Oh, I've never heard that. Yeah, that's really interesting. And there are times that you've had to take out or move big chunks. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, the, God, it's a daily, and especially when you're dealing with time. 
you know, like a lot of our TV shows, we were only allowed at a certain amount of time and you overshoot everything. So massive chunks come out. Yeah, I know it's, it, it was tough, you know, and, and Brian brought me that note. Um, and then Renee was like, yeah, you should do it. I'm like, well, no, if Brian had to convince me at first, like I wasn't sold on it. And then he got me on board and then you were willing to try it and it went great the first time and then it tanked the second time and you came off stage so unhappy and uh and I was like well shit now now I don't know like well that's why we have to do it a couple more times yeah you know I have to do it a couple more times to really see if it works and and you know second shows are, are sa- second show Saturdays are well let's start with Friday chronological order second shows Friday are always garbage yeah. Because people are exhausted. After a full work week. They, you know, they've woke up in the morning. They've taken their kids to school. They've worked all day. They rushed home to meet the babysitter. Yeah. They're yelling at their wife going, we gotta go. We're gonna be late. <laughs> you know, the wife's like, stop yelling at me. I'm better than you. You know, so there's all of that. Then getting to the end, finding parking and going out at night. And then, yeah. you know, the yeah, people yeah. are tired. Right, so that's part part of the reason Friday second shows have always been tough, tough shows because people are just tired. You know, Saturday second show is 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 difficult for a different reason because they've been drinking all night. Yeah, they already started their evening early because it's Saturday. They went to dinner at five six yep. o'clock. We got know? the late show. We'll hit dinner at yeah. seven. We'll have some drinks. We'll get going. Let's party. They get in the room. They're already giggly. They're kind of you know rowdy. They're already buzzed up. They're yeah. rowdy. They're having a good time. They're they're not paying attention as much, right? So that's what makes the the Saturday show so difficult. But I have always said that that I always write my act to where I can kill in any situation. Yeah. Right. Whether there's ten people, five people, five thousand, ten thousand, a tired crowd, uh, uh. Uh, drunk crowd, like yeah. I, I want, I want to be able to kill that audience Grab them with, no matter what. with my act, no matter what. So that's the big question, right? Did I was I able to get that first crowd because they were a good crowd, they were excited, it was early, they yeah. weren't drunk, right? Yeah. And then second crowd that I, the fact that I didn't get them makes me go, is it as strong? Right. Right. So well, we've, I mean, the the argument you know, Brian, that Brian sold me on is we're looking at the pacing of the show overall, right? The whole hour. And in each of your bits as its own little chunk. And obviously some jokes are stronger than others and get a bigger reaction than others. And so how do you, do you want the big bang at the end? Do you want the big bang about halfway in to really keep them going? To interject, interject, um, the other question with my act is where do I want those heartfelt moments? Yeah. Right? You know, for example, you know, the truck story to me is a very special story. And the story about me and you meeting and being complete opposites, yet we make our marriage work, is also a very beautiful story. So it's like, do I want this beautiful story in the middle and this beautiful story at the end? Or do I want this beautiful story in the middle and this beautiful right. story at the end, right? So for me, there's also a a ride on emotions. What story do we want to tell? As well, right? Yeah. Um, as I'm saying it out loud, you know, Rick knows the act. What are your thoughts? 
Well, on the the how it flows and everything. So now we're moving. Brian has asked me to move the story about me and Renee meeting to the end and close with it and move the truck story in front of that. Yeah, I mean, the truck story, I think, is probably your best bit that I've ever seen. Um, just because I relate to it, well, other than Sunday Sundays, damn you. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I relate to that. But I think um, I'd have to see it. I, you know, it sounds like I'm one of these people like you. It's like, let's try anything because you never know until you see it. So, I mean, it sounds interesting. Well, and, you know, the the thought was that you're watching Steve for 45 minutes and you love him and everything he said and all of these stories. So by the time you get to our love story, even if it's not relatable to you, you're so invested in these people and these characters that you still care about the story. Uh, I agree with all that. You guys and Steve, do you... Because we do this all the time with shows. You don't want everything pedal to the metal. Do you go for up and down, laugh, big laugh, low laugh, big laugh? No, absolutely. I I go, number one, my priority is I am a comedian. My job is to make you laugh. That is first and foremost job. Um, My second job is I need to make you think. My third job as a comedian is can I touch your soul? So all three of those things in that order get mixed in through the set, right? And I think that, in my opinion, that's what makes my stand-up special because I don't think comedians use all of those things. Most, most comedians, right? I, I think that there's a lot of comedians that go, I don't give a fuck what I say, I want it to be funny. Right. I don't care if I touch somebody's soul. I don't care if I make them think. I just want it to be funny. Then there's other comedians that go, my goals are different than Steve's. I want them to laugh at something fucking raunchy. Like my goal is, can I take up a terrible, terrible topic that you really shouldn't talk about? And can I make them laugh? Right. And, and my formula is, can I make them laugh? while thinking, while relating to them, while touching their soul. And then I have to take all of that. And everyone thinks you're just telling a story. Yes. <laughs> and everybody thinks I'm just talking shit about my wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, it, I mean, it, for me, yeah, Rick, I try to take people on this ride of up and down. And, and, but, but, it, but to me, that, that's how I live my life. My life is I want to laugh. But I also want to think and get better. I, I, have, mo- I have moments and, and purpose and moments of, of reflection. I have moments of you know, questioning myself. Am I raising my kids right? Am I doing the right things? Am I, am I the best man I can be? So I want my show to reflect my real life. And I think that's important. Yeah. I think Simple Man is a real is a real reflection of that. This special, it's a, it is a mix of all of those things. I mean, and I, and I um, in my own life, I, I deal with all the things I'm talking about on stage. Yeah. You know, I, I deal with a very very spoiled, perfect wife. 
Um, I deal with, look at, look at Lori. She's nodding, like going like this. She's going like this. Um, no, but yes. No, but, but how, how can I be the best husband I can be? I also want to provide and have my career. I also want to be the best dad I can be. You know, I yeah. mean, there's so many emotions that go on in life. You know, I also want to be there for my parents who are not going to be in, in, on this earth, you know, forever. I mean, there's just so many things that as you, as you get older and somebody came up to me and said, dude, your reflection of what life is like for a middle-aged man mm-hmm. raising a family is perfect. And I was like, yes, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. I'm trying to give the world a reflection of what I go through at this stage of my life. Yeah. Right. So, you know, does it work? A lot of times it does. That's why we have the people that, that continue to love us and follow us. That connect. Um, but, yeah. but then you have people that go, fuck this guy. What is he doing? And this is dumb. And well, he's different strokes uh, for and, different folks. Right. And all he talks about is his wife and his family. And does he have any other topics? And I'm like, well, no. I mean, that's all I have in my life is my wife and my family. Yeah. You know? um, so different strokes for different folks, like you said. But what I try to do is to take people on this ride of, of my emotions and my feelings and the things I find funny and the things that frustrate me and the things I'm going through. Right. Yeah. So it was a great weekend um, in, in Charlotte. I, I definitely think I'll come back because yeah. it was it was a great response from everybody. And it was a, it was we didn't get to see much of Charlotte, but the oh, coffee club. I loved it. <laughs> oh, Renee slept no, in. I feel like I went to a city and I didn't get to experience oh, it, but there just wasn't time for that. Renee did not have activities. <laughs> Thank God. I, just, I was like, I do. I would like to point out that when not traveling with kids, I was able to pack in like tw- less than 20 minutes. Probably I packed that morning before I got on the plane in a teeny tiny suitcase. And, uh, and I was not late for anything. I was ready before you were, as a matter of fact, to walk out the doors to your shows when there's not two kids, it gets way easier. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I just wanted to cuddle with my wife in the mornings and, and for me and you to have kind of a, we don't have to get up and go in different directions. Yeah. So we definitely uh, relaxed and cuddled together in the room, had nice lunch with Brian. Um, and then we just were lazy. We went to um, Oppenheimer. Yeah. Is that how you say it? Oppen- Oppenheimer? Uh-huh. Um, I had already seen it. And then Renee was like, well, you've already seen it. I go, dude, there's so much information in that thing. But it's such a long, intense movie. I can't believe you were willing to watch it a second time. Because you got to go back and pick up all the things you missed. But I don't know if I have the mental energy to do that a second time. It is one of the best movies I have seen in a very long time. Yeah. Very long time. I mean, I like movies about people. Mm -hmm. I also like movies about real people. Yeah. I'm also a history fanatic. I also love period pieces. Mm-hmm. So it was all your, all, all your favorite. Elements. Yeah. All the things I like, I like information. I like to learn things. I like to, I like to go, Oh, I had no idea that that was going on. Yeah. I, you know, um, a friend of mine that was at in Charlotte, I told him I watched the movie and he goes, man, it was so eye opening for me. He goes, I grew up in Tennessee mm-hmm. and we used to walk around and say the bomb was built here. And he goes, I didn't realize that the bomb was not built there. The, the, the uranium that they, mm. they um, mined yes. came from Tennessee and got sent to Los Alamitos or whatever it was called. Los Alamos. Los Alamos um, in New Mexico. So, you know, even he was like, man, like there's just so much 
you know, information and, yeah. and also like you and I were talking about that. We like I we read the book Hiroshima in school as kids, but like we in school it was not a big part of it, history it, studies. It, it was for me. I don't yeah? know how you missed that, but um, it was for me. And and uh, again, I, I I think very very deeply, and and I also think of, I'm very I, I I like to think about how somebody else feels. Yeah. Right. And it just watching these guys go the dilemma that they were having of, do I want to build this bomb? Yeah. You know, but then, well, if you don't, somebody else will. Yeah. Right. And they're going to, they don't have a problem using it on us. So in order to stop this war, we're going to lose lives, but how many lives are we going to save? So just watching these guys go through that. Have you seen it, Rick? No, not yet. I went and saw Barbie instead. Oh. <laughs> I have not seen Barbie, but I can see this movie is so intense. I can see why people, and it's so freaking hot, especially here in Texas, just go spend five hours in a movie theater and watch Oppenheimer and then Barbie right after. Because yeah, you, you, need a, you need a mental you break. You don't watch yeah. Barbie first, I don't think, and then go watch Oppenheimer. But I haven't seen Barbie. Yeah, we need to go see Barbie. But um, I just, man, I truly, truly enjoyed that movie. And, and I, I again that dilemma yeah you know and and i don't want to give a, a spoiler but you know um and and who knows if it was movie or for real but but you know einstein's part in the movie you know where he was like dude i figured this out are you are you you're gonna spoil it no but everybody knows but everybody knows what that he figured out the equation to split an atom oh einstein. everybody knows yeah that. yeah yeah okay but for him to go, I don't want anything to do with it anymore. Yeah. Because the weight that you have to carry yeah. is too heavy. Like, I, you go to Oppenheimer and you go, you killed 200,000 people. Well, I didn't kill them. The, you know, somebody else dropped the bomb. There is no bomb without you. Yeah. Without you, there is no this bomb. Yeah. Yes, we have bombs. Yes, we could have killed 20, 30, 40, 50,000 oh, people. Oh, live with those images, but, you right. know? It's insane, man. It, it's such an intense, intense movie. Um, definitely worth watching, and I will tell you to go watch it at the theater. Yeah. Um, because it is, you know, and, and this might blow your mind, but in my opinion, the weakest actors on screen were Matt Damon and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. He, well, Robert was. Oh, I'm a huge Robert Downey Jr. Robert, fan. Robert, I love him. Robert Downey Jr. was. Superhero. He was great. Yeah. And so if I were to put him in order, worst to best, mm -hmm. Matt was the worst. And I love Matt. And I'm not talking bad about Matt. Yeah. Matt's a great actor. I just don't know if this part was for him. Yeah. You know, because he's a he's a freaking amazing actor. I mean, I love Matt Damon. You know. Yeah. Big fan of Matt Damon. Um, and he did not write Goodwill Hunting. Um, <laughs> With that being said, uh, big shout out to our sponsors again. Um, and don't forget, uh, Rowell Westernware. That's R-O-W-E-L, westernware.com. We will ship you a Steve Trevino shirt. We're very, very proud of them. New colors are coming out. Um, the Wild Veta is a huge good, hit. Uh, Pick Even cherries. the little boy ones. The, boy the little boy ones kill, so dude. Um, and then Pick Cherries, please download the app. Um, Old Salt Coffee, please, please, please. Trevino 10. 
get that going on. And then, of course, our friends at Aztec Chevrolet. So with that being said, we absolutely love you guys. And um, the Trevinos are good. We're good. We no, love- fi- no fighting this episode. I wanted to. I, I was. I was <laughs> you didn't pick on purpose? I didn't pick on purpose. So um, I would like to ask the fans, the family out there, uh, to do us a little favor. So, you know, in order to get the word out on our podcast, we would like to ask you to pick the funniest moments or the most intriguing moments or the best moments of our podcast. Pick that cherry, send it to us because we want to start sharing clips on TikTok and Instagram of our podcast to make people more aware. But a lot of times because we're in it, we don't know which clips have resonated with you. We don't know which clips you thought were great. Yeah. So we don't get the live audience feedback like you do from your stand-up show. Right. So we love you guys. Thank you so much. And remember to keep working hard, to never quit, and 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 hug your baby.